You ready to do this? Yes. All right. I think so. Well, welcome back. Oh, wasn't up to me, was it? Uh uh-uh. uh. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Blue, with my co host, Simon. McCormack. Nets Nation, let's bask in that national media spotlight. (laughs) Welcome back to another podcast in which we discuss the national attention-getting Brooklyn Nets. We are on a tear Mm -hmm. of late. One of the hottest teams in the league. We just... Smashed the Orlando <laughs> Magic at home last night. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell putting up a blistering 40 points. Yes, indeed. Uh, beating the uh, last year's Western Conference Finals Houston Rockets in a come-from-behind victory. Humiliating current MVP and probable two-time MVP James Harden <laughs> at home. Shutting right. him down. Keeping him to a modest 58 points. Yeah, he did not know where to turn. He did not know what to do that game. <laughs> Simon, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Nets Time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming over, buddy. <laughs> um, I wanted to start this thing off with some rapid-fire questions. Okay. I don't want to do stats, I don't want to do recaps, I don't want to do headlines of the week. Okay. I want to do rapid fire questions. Okay. Will you follow me down this road? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now remember, just let your feelings guide you. Okay. Try to limit the intellectual interference that so often plagues our responses on this show. Okay, I'm clearing my mind. <laughs> okay. Kenneth Fareed and Ed Davis mm-hmm. are the last two people on a sinking ship. Okay. There is only a single life vest left. In a struggle for survival, who gets the life vest? I think Ed Davis does. I, I think that Kenneth Fareed has this reputation of being like a tough, gritty guy. I, I mean, I know he gets rebounds, but to me, he doesn't really... When I've watched him and his defensive extraordinarily limited minutes. Yes, that's true. That's true. But he is not really a grinder. I think Ed Davis, from uh, your experience watching him throw John Collins to the ground, etc., etc., he's going to get that life fest. He's the goon you have been long calling for on this Brooklyn Nets team. He's getting the life fest. He's coming home. (laughs) And he is putting up mind-boggling rebounding (laughs) percentage numbers. That's just what Ed Davis do. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think this is as appropriate a time as any to wish Kenneth Fareed goodbye. Yeah. Uh, we hardly knew ye, Kenneth. You, <laughs> you <laughs> had an inauspicious start mm-hmm. after the run-in with Li's finest. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on your side on that one, buddy. I hope that the ensuing whatever legal challenges are as minimal as possible. Yes. Uh, we appreciate your time here, and we hope that you go on to uh, make the Rockets a team capable of one day competing with the Brooklyn Nets, which they currently are not. Right, right. Well, so what do you think, Bill? Do you think that they are going to uh, uh, regret that, that like Kenny didn't use... Uh, Fareed more? Do you think he was underutilized? I think that a lot... I think when he goes to the Rockets for a brief period of time, he is going to put up some jaw-dropping numbers. Mm. Um, And I think that could... Could reflect somewhat poorly on Kenny, but I think I think by season's end, Kenneth Fareed, once um, Capella comes back and Fareed has moved back to the bench, it will be clear that he is he is. I mean, they would put anyone in that position right now, so I don't think it speaks particularly highly to him. Okay, I don't think we squandered a a huge opportunity there. I I personally. Um, think that Alan Williams is the superior of those two. By the way, I DM'd uh, Alan Williams okay. asking for an interview. Oh, great. Waiting to hear back on that one. Okay. Uh, uh, I got another rapid-fire question, oh, though, right. before Sorry, we get before. break your <laughs> momentum there. 
Um, all right, Simon, you for the afternoon. Let's say this afternoon are <laughs> just for fun. Okay, uh, you're the GM for an afternoon. Okay, Magic Johnson calls you on your celly uh-huh. and says he'll trade you LeBron James straight up for either D'Angelo Russell or Rojan Kurutz. Who are you sending to LA? Hmm. Hmm. I guess I would I would send Kurutz, but I do think it's a harder question than you might realize. Just because Kurutz is just a plug and play guy. Like I don't I think like worst case scenario for Kurutz is like he doesn't really help your team. But like there's an alternative future where D'Angelo, you sign to a long contract, and either because of injury or because, like, he stops playing as hard because he's not in a contract year, or he just has, like, a random bout of bad shooting, and, you know, D'Angelo has the potential to be a player like um, Jabari Parker type, where, like, he uses up a huge amount of the clock with the ball. He has the ball a lot, and he doesn't create offense, and it just sucks the life out of the, the offense. Kurutz, you just pass him the ball, and he'll either drive or shoot. Um, and obviously, you know, but that said, you know, D'Angelo's a better player, I think. Okay. For sure. I actually did not know where you were going to go with that one. <laughs> People are so high on Kurutz right now. Mm-hmm. He is a couple years younger, Yeah. and we have had, as you are painfully aware, a very up-and-down relation with um, D'Angelo Russell. Yes, and we are on a, the biggest up that we've ever had you in our life. You couldn't be on a higher up. And I think I could have picked five other times this season, though Kudrich hasn't always been as high as he is right now, five other times this season where D'Lo was so low that people were ready to move on. I mean, we have several episodes on which yeah, we were talking, <laughs> talking. Uh, you know, we just need to, re, you know, recoup anything we can from him, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Not too long ago, maybe four Three episodes, episodes ago? Or, yeah, 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 very recently. <laughs> All right, final, final rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Nets PR finally get wise to the fact that you're a bankable celebrity in Nets Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay? They offer you a promotional choice. Okay. Either you get free courtside tickets for the rest of your reign as King of Nets Podcasts. Okay. Or you can use the Nets themed jet. The painted jet. Oh, yeah. Um, to travel anywhere in the world you'd like any time. Which is it? Like forever or like one time? Indefinitely. Yeah. Anytime you'd like. Like if you wanted to go to Tahiti For the this rest afternoon. of my life. Well, as long as you're the king of Nets podcasts. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't... you. There would be a, a, a term limit. Once okay. you stop podcasting, you no longer get courtside seats, and you would no longer get. A, I see, a but flight. it's the same duration. It's with the same it, duration. Absolutely. I got to tell you, Bill, I'm I'm a travel bug, <laughs> uh, and you know I love the Nets, but I'm much more of a sort of an Anthony Bourdain, oh, you know, right. parts yes. unknown uh, adventurer. You you truly are. I take the travel too. Okay. <laughs> Um, that jet would be. Sw- well, wait, wait, it's not there. Actually, it's not their jet. It's just a normal commercial yeah, it's just plane, painted right? Differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In what has to be a uh, marketing blunder, wouldn't you <laughs> imagine? I would imagine. I think who'd they team up with? JetBlue mm-hmm. or okay? Well, JetBlue kind of. I thought for a second, I thought it was Alaska Airlines. Mm-hmm. In which at which point it made a lot more sense. Um, it's a truly. Truly, it's it's like a punitive experience to travel on Alaska. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, it's bad. Like <laughs> no one is rolling out the red carpet. Right. You know, sure, like, sure. of all the horrible things that idiot baby boomers whine about, like having lost. Like they are correct that <laughs> that air travel <laughs> is not as fun as it once as it once sounds like yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. We had a little taste of the tail end of it as kids when you'd get like it was just understood you would get free things on the flight. Right. I, I remember getting, like, chicken or fish being asked. Sure. Like, Yeah, you had options. Yeah. And, yeah, no, it, that, right, right. Anyway, on your forever flight that PR will, will hook you up with, I'm sure they'll have, have nicer amenities. Yeah, sure. 
All right. So those are my those are my cues. Great. Thank you. No do you, problem. Yeah, I didn't know we were supposed to come up with some. So no, you but, didn't. There was no. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try to think of 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 at least one to, to give you because I feel bad. But okay. Well, okay. I wanted to get to okay. a headline of the week, mm. which I think could Great. could um, precipitate a little convo. Okay. Headline of the week from the Ringer. Headline is. The most finally out of NBA purgatory team of the week. Ooh. Brooklyn Nets. This, in addition to Bill Simmons on his Ringer podcast, apologizing. Did you hear this? Yeah, you sent it to me. Oh, great. You listened. Uh, Apologizes for shading the Nets earlier in the season in a convo with Zach Lowe. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about how we're out of purgatory. They the, the as we mentioned, as you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the cast, we're we're in the in the limelight mm-hmm. now, the mm-hmm. national limelight. Bill Simmons is apologizing for shading Sean Marks. Um, do we owe an apology to the Brooklyn Nets? You know, I I think if we owe an apology to anyone, it's Kenny Atkinson. I feel like we've been pretty high on Sean Marks. Um, Yeah. And I I, I think Kenny Atkinson deserved at least some scorn when the the Nets were 4-12 in in clutch games. But now, since then, they're 10-2, Bill. Ten and two. Right. No, it's a real turnaround. Uh, so that's he- huge. That is, as to me, as as big a turnaround as anything that has happened. Um, and actually, uh, they um, John Schulman, I think is his name. You know the uh-huh. NBA.com guy. Uh huh. He tweeted. Who does the power rankings? Exactly. Exactly. And and the founder of Nets Daily. Um, he had an interesting tweet that showed, like, in the span from the when the Nets were eight and eighteen to now. Um, their, like, offensive and defensive numbers are, like, obviously there's some shift, but they're not, it's not as remarkable. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's not as remarkable as you might think. So, to me, I think the biggest thing is, like, now we're 10-2 and versus 4-12 and in these, like, clutch games. We have a massive number of them. We have the most, as many... If if not more than anyone in the league, we have like twenty eight. Well, I think there is something to be said for um, development of coaches. Yes, uh, I agree. there's there's certainly we see it. It's it's much easier to see with guys like Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, blah blah blah. Um, but I think a case, pretty strong case, could be made that Kenny is getting better mm-hmm. as he gains experience on the job. I agree. Um, so yeah, I do think we probably owe him owe him one. But more more what I'm saying, do we owe an apology? I don't think. I mean, you know, we talk about this team for no reason <laughs> <laughs> at great length <laughs> at the expense of many personal relationships. Yes, um, we're here doing this for nothing. Yeah. So I don't think we owe them an apology. But I, I just I'm just more thinking about it in terms of. Basically, one of the things I liked about um, being a Nets fan and sort of what has become part of the identity of a Nets fan is liking a bad team. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's as with all things in life, it's much easier to shit on something um, sort of defensively shit on something than to try to vulnerably embrace uh, a good thing that could hurt you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm just afraid we're going to get hurt. I don't know if I don't, I don't, you know, playoffs is just a, a, a given now in, in Nets Twitter and broadly across all platforms discussing the Nets. I'm not quite ready to go there, but I can feel parts of me going there. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, and that remind, we were talking about this uh, last night, but it is Nets Nation, particularly uh, Net Income, but you know the the people that he retweets as well 
Annette's Twitter is so obnoxious in boom times. Yeah. Like, they are, like, it just, it's just like, yeah, we're so great, we're, you know, like, I knew we were going to have 42 wins. That's what I said at the round table. What an amazing prediction. Oh, you know, <laughs> there's nothing bad at all that's ever happened to the Nets. We have, like, you know, this amazing, amazing squad, and what a wonderful, it's just, ugh, it's awful. It's just like the boom times of the Lobos. It's just sickening. <laughs> I really despise it, truly. Like, it's the only thing that is bad, or one of one of the only thing that's bad about this, like, good time in, in the Nets. And I, I find myself sort of wishing for them to be, like, knocked off their pedestal, even though it will mean the team I like right. will be doing badly. No, I know. I know. Um... Yeah, but it, it you know it's 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 nice to be getting some recognition. It's interesting to hear people outside of the bubble talking about the Nets mm-hmm. um, in more than sort of like the stock take. Like Jared Allen's good, Karis Levert's good, um, Sean Marks is a good GM. Right, right. Those sort of generic right. comments. Now that when people are actually seeing them play games mm-hmm. because they're winning games against good teams, and it's interesting to watch people are forced to say, you know, more substantive and interesting things about the Nets. Right. Oh, just quickly, Bill, I wonder, uh, when do you think this success, or if this success is going to translate into more people showing up at Barclays? It's truly baffling. Are they under-reporting it? Like, how is it... (laughs) I watch some of these games Mm -hmm. on League Pass, and you're watching, like, a, a Grizzlies game, or a Detroit, or a Washington Wizards game, and there's nobody in the stands. There's mm-hmm. nobody in the stands. And yet they have tens of thousands of more people, uh, according to their attendance, than, mm-hmm. we, than we have. Yeah. Um, and definitely, of the last three seasons anyway, this is seems like Barclay is the most humming it's ever been. I agree. Um, so it is odd. Yeah, I don't know... You know, still, like, the Boston game, when we beat them, there were more Boston fans, for sure. I don't think that it's going to be a all-Nets fan stadium and the Nets will be the overwhelming favorite for a long time. Mm. Uh, I think it would take getting a legit star mm-hmm. um, and and having sustained success with that star. Mm. And then the Nets fans will be truly um, insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> right. If, if you think that long-time, long-suffering idiot Nets fans are bad, just imagine Johnny Come Lately, you know, stock trader, you know, whatever, lifeless, like the the equivalent of, like, gentrification to a, to a basketball team. Right, right. Um, so speaking of, of fans, since we seem to be... Um, dwelling on that subject. <laughs> Please listen, fans. Uh, right. And we <laughs> love you. Presumably, you're the people we're talking to right now, so apologies to you. Yeah. Um, we love you. We need you. We want you Gotta around. You. Yeah. Uh, hit us up. Maybe next time at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> a chant that originated in our beloved block yes. has been mentioned on... At least one Ringer podcast. Uh, it has been mentioned in, um, oh, I think in the Brian Winhurst mm. uh, podcast, the Kyrie's Leaving chant. Yeah. So in the Celtics game, we began chanting Kyrie's Leaving. Uh, apparently, that was heard very, very evidently on the broadcast, which is maybe a testament to how few people are at the game because there were like 20 people at most um, chanting this thing. Right. And also, I wonder if they have, like, a cleverly placed mic or something near there or something. Yeah. Well, Michael Grady came up during the game, too. That's true. Um, Anyway, fun to hear us us talked about in those those things and what we're doing, you know, really has an impact. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, can I tell you the one downside to that? Yeah. That I fear is that the already unbelievably overzealous chant guy Mm -hmm. in the block is going to be, like, feverishly trying to come up with things. Like, if you thought, like, saying that um, Rudy Gobert is from France is a bad chant, and you'd be completely (laughs) right about that, that that is a just reprehensibly bad chant, (laughs) just wait. 
until that guy is trying to get viral fame because he didn't come up with it. It was the guy Zach Cohen. I think it was the guy that the he's kind of a yeah, brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that guy who actually has a brain uh, <laughs> is. Uh, it, it, yeah, I guarantee you the the uh, the guy you and I both know who we're talking about here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you want me to back off from yeah. very publicly shaming? <laughs> I would maybe back off from this one. Okay. Uh, glue guys called him Mia Copa on that. Yeah, yeah. They walked back their earlier their earlier block shade. A lot of people walking back a lot of shade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just us. stick by yeah. your convictions. Yeah, that's You're right. never wrong about anything. <laughs> Infallible. It's pretty surprising that Bill Simmons did that, right? I feel like it's a very unpundit thing to do. Yeah, no, and it shows, like, uh, I feel like a good way to have a career in punditry is to essentially be amnesic. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And yes, to, like, yes. even recall that you had shaded Sean Marks. Right. Like, you're talking about 30 NBA teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, like, how you can keep track of all of the whatever you come up with to say about <laughs> teams that you probably have no idea about um, is yeah, impressive. It le- I mean, I think he was, be- he, he definitely of all people in the media has been trying to to um, beat the anti-Mark Sean Marks train drum mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I, I think, you know, that's probably why he, mm-hmm. he remembers it. Uh, D'Lo Simon feels that he should be an all-star. Mm-hmm. This has now been talked about, again, in a bunch of different places. Bill Simmons mentions him as a fringe all-star in his interview with, with uh, Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe responds that he thinks that D'Lo has turned a corner, mm-hmm. but has not turned the corner. Yeah, yeah. You want to parse that um, mm. particular article uh, change? Sure. I, I guess I would, to me, and I, 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 I would say he's right assuming that what he means is like D'Angelo is averaging on the season after 45 games you know, four more points or so, uh, more assists, um, and is shooting better than he ever has, especially from three. It's huge from three. I think it's like 5% bit better from three. Yeah. Um, and he's doing all those things, but, you know, it's not like he's become this, like, well-rounded, complete player, and it's not like he's not still, you know, this is a hot streak. We'll see how long this goes. If this carries on mm-hmm. for a while, then you could say that he's become more consistent. I, you know, that remains to be seen, but throughout the season, he has been inconsistent. Sure. I so, think since, I think this is the longest sustained streak mm-hmm. that I can remember. Mm-hmm. It's been really since December with a couple a couple games uh, here and there that have not been great. But even, like, when you talk about not all-around player, even last night a game where he scores 40 points is absolutely instrumental in leading us over the Orlando Magic. End of game, he's going in and out with Travion Graham. Um, Maybe that is what happens for his whole career. I don't know if there is an expectation that his defense is ever going to get that much better. Mm -hmm. But... um, it does raise the question, like, is turning the corner possible if you are a player who will perennially have to be subbed out on defensive um, defensive possessions, possessions yeah, at, yeah. at the end of games? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully that comes from, you know, in the next few years. Like, he's got a lot of time. So ho- right. hopefully that. And, you know, Bill... I've been thinking about this. You know, you as you know, the the most common, I feel like, comparison for, like, peak D'Angelo, where D'Angelo could possibly be, is James Harden. I think it's fair to say now that he will n- not be that kind of player, because he's just not... Like, he even... Did you read that Stefan Bondi article about... That he doesn't like to get contact? Yeah, he's yeah. not a throw-your-body-around guy. That is crystal clear, D'Angelo. Yeah. Um... But you know what I think is a better potential uh, comparison for again peak. Imagining he gets to like the heights, uh, you know, the highest peak he could get to mm-hmm. is two-time MVP 
Steve Nash. Because Steve Nash, not an athletic guy, mm-hmm. not a... He can get to the hoop, but he was certainly not blowing by anybody. Yeah. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of free throws. Shot an amazing free throw percentage, but did not... So does D-Lo. Yeah, so this D-Lo. year especially. Yeah. He's really improved that as well. That's another area of improvement. But, um, but you know, and didn't even average... I, I think this version would be, like, D'Angelo would score more points and get fewer assists than Steve Nash, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the same, like, if if D'Angelo can get to be a, uh, what is it, 40, 50, 90 type shooter and, like, bring up the assists a bit, like, that's... That's a, like, yeah, sort of Yeah, you're talking eight, Nash-y. nine assists a yeah. game. Yeah. And, like, 20 points, 22 points, let's sure. say. Sure, yeah. Like, that, that would be... That's, like... Closer to a Steve Nash. Uh, no, I think that's probably a more realistic comp. I think that I think I feel like I remember Kenny Atkinson mentioning that as a potential. Well, that he can pass like Steve. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some an, some analogies have been made between. Them. Right. That's true. And and just the last thing is they're both terrible at D. Yes. For their you right. know potentially career entire careers because Steve Nash was never good at defense. Right. Um, this sort of gets us to something you wanted to discuss, Bobby Marks's article. Yeah. Um, he thinks it's unlikely that the Nets won't re-sign at least one of D'Lo and RHJ, mm-hmm. to put that another way, thinks it is likely that they will sign one of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, two questions for you, Simon. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the article. Oh, uh, I didn't either. I think it's a plus. Okay. It's an ESPN Plus. Uh, two questions for you. First question, why does anyone care what Bobby Marks says? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that you enjoyed that one. Bill, uh, you slipped that in like you, you were just, you know, reading from a cue card. But I knew this laugh belies an incredible amount of anticipation for that one. Um, so what does anyone care about Bobby Marks? Truly, though... Um, it's baffling to me that he's brought on almost every time I hear him in a podcast. He's on the Woj pod a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time it somehow gets back to the Boston trade. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, they're talking about like what savvy GM moves could be made. And the example of what not to do is always the one that Bobby Marks, who is now pontificating about what GM should do, is the move that he was a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, while he worked for the Nets and Woj was reported on the Nets for a long time, uh, they formed a relationship and I think he got him in at ESPN, but who knows? Um, okay. My actual question is what reasoning <laughs> did he give for thinking D'Lo would sign for well under the cap? Or what reasoning could you imagine there being? There being for that, good, sir. Good question. So I don't know if he goes into any more depth. I I think he may not have because it was part of like a, a like thirty team roundup. Okay. I think, but again, that's just conjecture. I've not seen the article. But my guess for why he would think that is twofold. One, and I agree with this. I I think D'Angelo is going to come down a bit from this incredible high of like you know averaging. He's averaging nineteen points and you know whatever. Um, I think that's going to come down. I think the percentages are going to come down uh, overall in the next 35 games or whatever. Um, but I also think that you can you could make a, a possible argument that like Dinwiddie and like uh, Joe Harris, you could get a culture discount, a, a discount basically saying like, Hey, D'Angelo, like, we plucked you from a horrible situation in L.A. where you were ostracized from your, your teammates. None of your coaches liked you. Mm-hmm. Your GM hated you, uh, who, who was an idiot, but still hated you. Um, uh, you know, we, we worked with you. We did all these things, and we did it together. And, you know, as we've talked about, he's he seems like he's a pretty – you know, he's talked about saying, like, I never want to go to another team. I don't want to, like, make right. new friends. I don't want to make – new relationships with teammates, so I'm, like, trying to do that right now and, and, you know, solidify that and wants to be a net forever. So maybe they think that he will sign something for less than a max and, you know, I don't know. And he he thinks that it's well below the cap hold. That's... I don't know what he means by that. Maybe he means like well below to him is like two million or three sure. million or something. But and maybe it get, like increases over time mm-hmm. or has like a friendly right. 
player option later right. in it or something. Right. I mean, my my comprehension of structuring a contract, um, I got to give Bobby Marks credit on this one. He knows a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. than I do about that. Even if the contracts he generally liked to sign were poison pills for the team, he was <laughs> he was he was meant to steer into the promised land. Poison pills willingly ingested. At, right. At least he comprehended the poison he was ingesting <laughs> in a way that I personally do not. Right. So hats off to you there, Bobby. <laughs> I'm just thinking some very anti Bobby. I just it just it just baffles me. Like yeah. like how did he get out of this and land this cushy commentating job for ESPN and yeah. um, uh, Billy King? Mm. It, it's just unthinkable that like a high school team would allow him to to coach right. for them or right. you know be a part of their organization. Yeah. Um, Kenny Atkinson, Coach of the Year, per Adrian Rojanowski, his words, not mine. Yeah. Is he a candidate for Coach of the Year? Uh, right now, he's at the, the 45 game mark. I think that's fair to say. Like, sure. they're definitely w- exceeded We're wildly overperforming. Yes. Um, we are without our. Theoretical best player. Yep. I would say top two player because I don't know. I think the sample was too small of Karras at at peak Karras mm-hmm. to say definitively he's definitely the best player on the team. But anyway, one of our best players being out the whole season, a generally injury-ridden season. Yes. Uh, shout out to Nets uh, medical staff. And Rondé went down, by the way. Again? Yeah. He was back for a game. Uh, yeah, maybe two. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, mercifully, Crab remains injured. <laughs> um, God, that's going to be hard to get him off. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's got to be in it. I don't know how many coaches um, are in it right now. I guess probably Budenholzer because the Bucks are crushing it. Nick Nurse because the Raptors are crushing it and he's a new coach. Probably Pop because the Spurs are doing really well. Um, and then us. Yeah, and if you want to talk about, and I think you can, I, I think the strongest case is not only over performing from from uh, the beginning of the season expectations, but the the just the talent that we have is not good. No, overall, like it's, it's super super. Like our best player is D'Angelo Russell, a seriously flawed player. Seriously flawed. Um, and but it is it is sort of like like uh, analogous to sort of like a uh, a fantasy strategy that I generally like. Like studs or duds versus just like all top yeah. seventy five right. guys. Um, with like a high concentration of guys in like the sixty to seventy five range, right? Um, and that's sort of where we are. We have a really deep team that we've talked about throughout the season, where you know it's the bench contributes almost as much as as the starting five. Yeah. Oh, can I just quickly say something I wanted to talk about with the the uh, Bobby Marks little no, thing? Go for just it. just about the thirty million dollar th- amount. So let's say that Bobby Marks is right, and you've certainly raised some red flags for why he <laughs> might not be right. But thirty million—that is terrific news, if true to me, because that means you could sign D'Angelo and still have a good chunk of money to go after somebody quite good. Yeah. Um, like, for example, that's enough to to aggressively pursue your, your boy Perzingis. Right. Uh, you, could, you could offer a max with that amount for his, his level of n- number of years. You could, you know, my, my guy Tobias, if he's not a max player, which, you know, as the Clippers continue to decline down the st- standings, right. it could... They just to, fell out of the top eight. Yeah, so if they're not a playoff team, maybe he's not a max guy. Maybe he's a $30 million, $25 million <laughs> right, dollar $25 player. Million a year. That's still pretty yeah. good payday. Yeah, Contra exactly. Bias. So that would be... Come on home, baby. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know who my other guy is hmm. who I'm hoping we pursue? Interesting. Who? And I'm not totally sure what his situation is at the end of the year, but Gordon Hayward. 
Oh, yeah. Well, he's still on under contract. Oh, okay. But he stinks, so... Yeah, right. So he can very realistically be on the trading block. Uh, I'm thinking we go after him. Okay. We pursue another trade with Danny Ainge. What's your, uh, what's your reasoning there? Um... I think it's very predictable that he is not good this year. I think it's going to take at least a full season for him to get back. And I think that Boston fans are furious that he's not good right now and that the team is having so much turmoil and it's just not working and he's keeping younger guys out of the game and they can't develop when he's there. And I just don't think it's a good fit. I think there's resentment growing towards him on the team. Um, and I think probably he's he doesn't want to be in that high of, uh, you know, like that big of a spotlight. Um, and... All of those things could result in them needing to get rid of him. Who, who would you give up uh, for, for Gordon Hayward? Uh, Jean and Musha. Mm-hmm. I would give up Jean and Musa. And okay. I would give up Ron Hellas Jefferson. <laughs> I don't uh, no, think he's uh, no, going to be on contract. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I have definitely not thought about it. You need um, to work on your package. On my trade. <laughs> what about Jean and Musa and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who's no longer on our team? Right. You could try to convince him. You have right. our permission We're gonna to have, Right. We're gonna. It's gonna be a three-way deal with whoever picks up Rondé. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, no, I could look into it a bit more. Yeah, that's Get in the trade machine, see what see what, what kind of action we could get. But I think he's going to become available. Very interesting. I think the Celtics, um, for as lauded as they were and hyped as they were before the season, um, are in some legitimate uh, trouble right now. Very interesting. So I don't know that it's guaranteed that Kyrie is coming back. I think the Jalen Brown kind of falling off has hurt their um, arsenal of young players that they could potentially trade or rely on in the future. I know they really want Anthony Davis. The problem is that this year in the draft, I think they have like four first-round picks or something like that, which is just just criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... Uh, I wanted to God, this is like our seventh apology of the podcast. Apologize to Jim Jimmy Webb the third. Mm. Um, so you had a great segment, which no apology is necessary for. It was great. <laughs> you gave the Jimmy the, uh, Webb the third award, which is essentially an award for um, bad uh, power forwards, mm-hmm. stretch fours yes. in in massive scare quotes. Yes. Um, Anyway, that was picked up on Twitter by uh, Brooklyn Baller, a, a, a great follow on Twitter. And I made the mistake, because I am very bad at using Twitter, of tagging Jimmy Webb in a response in yeah. which he was essentially getting made fun of. And he got pretty defensive about it. And I just felt like, yeah. like Jimmy Webb is in Germany right now mm. playing for a not top uh, of even the the Bundesliga, uh, <laughs> even the Bundesliga <laughs> has better teams. Right, it's just not a good team yeah. in Germany. Like yeah. he doesn't need me being mean <laughs> to him. Like at least I, I can be mean to him, but he doesn't need to know that right. I'm being mean yes, to him. Sure, sure. Um, so Jimmy Webb, if somehow. That uh, Twitter beef translated to you becoming a listener of this. I just wanted to apologize to you <laughs> because we are beefing on Twitter. <laughs> it's the most high-profile beef. It is definitely. we've ever yeah, had. Bill. For you sure. got to kick down. Got to kick down. <laughs> We're beefing with one of the Bundesliga's premier, <laughs> Jimmy Webb the Thirds. Yeah. Um, all right, we got a mailbag from Seth. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Sets. Yes. On Twitter, he tweeted a mailbag at us. Three questions. Um, Are Nets active at trade deadline more or less because of this streak? Hmm. Interesting. Very good question. I I think they're more active. And there's been some... some, uh, uh, Mysterious... 
you know, cloaked coverage saying like they're they're active. Like it's really, like the, yeah, the Nets and the Rockets and like a few other teams are. That like was probably the Fareed thing. The though. most active. I don't think that counts as, no. as being very active. No, but, I know. We didn't get shit for it. I feel like we could have gotten something from them for that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a black mark on, on Marx's record. Uh, no, I mean, we got the first pick for Fareed. I don't, I mean, well, no, no. I just mean like, yeah, but I mean the turnaround, like you said. Maybe you... Oh, when he... Right. You, you could have gotten something, right? Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that... I think that there will – I mean, there will definitely be some kind of move because we need another player on our roster. Uh, but yeah. um, in terms of a bigger-ish thing, you know, I, I I think we'll do something. And I think we'll do something to try to shore up the four position with Rondé constantly going out and uh, Dudley being, like, sidelined with a hamstring thing. We need somebody to play that who's not Trevion Graham. God bless him. He can right. be part of the solution, but he cannot play 48 minutes at the four. Um, I'm going to say that we are going to be less active as oh. a result of this drink. Okay. I think had the season continued on the... Uh, inverse streak, which was the eight straight losses that we had before this tear that we're on now, um, I think we would have been selling, selling, selling. Uh, I think Joe Harris would have probably left. I think definitely Damari Carroll would have left. Possibly D'Angelo. Probably D'Angelo. I think there would have been a ton of movement at this Hmm. time. But because we're actually doing okay... And I think that they are going to be much more hesitant to make many moves Mm. right now. Okay. But great question. That makes sense. Uh, Second question. Is J.A. the best young center in the NBA? Yes or yes? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yes. I mean, the guy... The guy is great. Like, we we, we talked recently. He was on a, a slump. He's he's come back with gangbusters. He's now averaging 12 and 9. That's great. Yeah, he had a 24-rebound game. Yeah. He had a four-block game yeah. the other night. He's an elite rim protector. Mm-hmm. He's getting more confident rebounding. He's imposing his will down <laughs> in the boards. Yeah. Um, he's 20 years old. He... Though he doesn't say much and does not have a very uh, boisterous persona, mm-hmm. uh, he has made comments that like he wants to be the best guy in his draft class. You mm-hmm. know, like he is. I do think that he is driven to be great. Yeah. Um, but he just goes about it in a. I mean, he's just a very shy guy. Yeah. Um. Was the game against the Rockets in top Nets games of all time? Probably not. Okay. I don't know because I didn't see it, and I've only read about it. Obviously, it was quite remarkable. Did you watch it? Um, no. No, because I got rid of Sling. Mm. I couldn't justify paying that much for Sling. It, it sounded incredible. I it sounded say. great. It did sound great. Maybe I, but so for for whatever reason, I was watching the uh, Magic game on, not watching it, but on my phone. Yeah, yeah. The play by play, and I was really into that one. Uh, um, and that was a uh, that was a, uh, but yeah, it, it does sound like the Rockets game was incredible. Um, but the thing with the Rockets versus, say, I do think the Magic game is, in a way, kind of more impressive. Hmm. Because the Rockets, other than the guy who scored 58 points, are a an assemblage of scraps. Like, nobody wants the other players on the team. Hmm. They are G League guys. They and- are guys who have been waived from other teams. Um, with Chris Paul out and with um, Clint Capella. Capella, out. I was just gonna say, yeah. And uh, and so you know, like I feel like we sh- you sh- you should be able to take advantage of teams like that. Um, whereas the Magic, uh, we're playing them three times in like the next two weeks. They're really contending to get in the playoffs. They have Vucevic, they have Aaron Gordon, they have jo- Jonathan Isaac. They are. They have a new coach, Steve Clifford, who people think is good. They do, even though he was fired. 
from Wasn't the fired? yeah from the Hornets. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They think he's good. Huh, that's an interesting. <laughs> he like implements a system and 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 like brings a level of professionalism and discipline to a team, uh, which people thought would be good for the Magic, who hadn't really had that. Uh huh. Who are basically performing about as well as exactly they always have, the right? same as always. But they're, <laughs> they're you know they're desperate to get some W's. They want to get in the playoffs. It's a big game. We were down. We didn't let that stop us. Yeah. And maybe I'm saying that because D'Lo was the hero of the Magic game, whereas Spencer was. But you know what? I am, as a, per my New Year's resolution, I am just happy to see either of them succeed. Sure. I know. <laughs> so, Simon, before we go, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention the fact that we got a review from someone we don't know. Yes, yes. Um, a, a few of our reviews are are <laughs> from people we do not know. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is from DarNYT27. He's from the U. He or she is from the USA on December eighteenth, two thousand and eighteen. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but two points he makes. One, these guys are intelligent, witty, and a fun listen. Whoa! Hello! Yo! Uh, Two, I think their perspective comes tinged with some fantasy basketball bias. I think those are two pretty on-the-nose critiques. Yes. Yes, I I agree. Um, But the point, the point, beyond... Uh, what he has to say about us. We appreciate you for listening. Yes. And thank you for reviewing us. It makes a massive difference in terms of bringing this incredible, uh, intelligent, witty, and fun listening experience <laughs> to a broader audience. Yes, thank you. Uh, we really do appreciate us. Pre- appreciate uh, you and giving us uh, comments, rate us, review us, iTunes, Simon. Where else can people find us? Stitcher, Stitcher, and uh, 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 Spotify as well. Yeah, and what about PM? What's PM? Um, it's a uh, podcast player. Okay, you can get us on PM. Probably, yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, Audio boom. Audio boom boom. Audio boom boom. And (laughs) iTunes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Simon, do you have any cues for me? Do you have any uh, thoughts, feelings? Um, What are you going to eat later? What's, you know, what's happening? Uh, No. Uh, You know, Bill, do you, do you, what do you... Uh, what do you think our record is? Go- Here, I'll give you a question. What do you think our record is going to be in the final thirteen games of the season, in which we play Miami, Indiana, Milwaukee, Toronto, Milwaukee again, Boston, Philadelphia, Portland, uh, the Lakers, and Sacramento. I think we get four wins. Okay. I think we get four wins. Okay. Uh, I think we beat Miami. Mm-hmm. I think we beat Portland. I think Ooh. we beat Sacramento. I think Portland is massively overrated. Huh. Uh, I think Tom and John are idiots for liking Portland and being from Portland. Um, and I think that we're going to beat uh, some other team. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember sure, sure. exactly which sure. one. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's a brutal schedule. Two Milwaukee's is not something you want to hear. No. Uh, Philly is going to be they're they're all going to be fight Boston uh, Raptors. They're all going to be struggling for that top you know home home court advantage, top of the East. Uh, I hope by that point we will have surpassed Boston in the standings. Um, I think we could finish this season in fourth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think you know what I want, Bill, is if if, if we're talking making the playoffs, um, us getting the sixth seed and Philly getting the third seed, and I think okay. we could get two games off of Philly and maybe even three games. Off I of think Philly. we could beat Philly in a series. It's uh, conceivable. It's totally conceivable. I think that. Um, 
I think that it just takes um, Joel Embiid getting fatigued because he's so right now there's like a low level back issue happening with him the same issue that kept him out his first season in the Mm. league um i I believe it's his back it's back or his foot um and he's playing through it and there were some comments uh because he wants to play like he does not want to be rested he does not want to sit out he wants to play every game he thinks he's having an mvp level season and i mean it could be argued he is. He's putting up massive, massive numbers. His team is pretty damn good. Um, but he is – there is some concern that he might actually re-injure this pretty serious injury. Um, and Charles Barkley on a broadcast the other night said Philly is the stupidest franchise in sports for letting this guy play when it's clear that he's going to get injured. So obviously you don't want to take the word of Charles Barkley as gospel. (laughs) But if we catch Philly in the playoffs, as you have um, projected, Mm -hmm. we might. I think that injury could could act up, and we would they would be extremely vulnerable. Yeah, uh, were they not to have him in a series, and plus Jimmy Butler rattling around in there, causing absolute chaos yeah. for that team. Yeah, um, yeah, but who knows? It, in the I think they're going to be a busy, busy team in this trade before the trade deadline and in the buyout market. Um, so they could just get to a point where they actually do have depth, at which point, yeah, that wouldn't be a fun team to play in the first round. Frankly, no team is no. going to be fun to play in the playoffs who can actually uh, maybe not be completely spooked by the Nets' um, <laughs> intermittent zone defense and wily uh, analytics-driven offense. Mm-hmm. Um not led by massive amounts of talent. But anyway, I think this has been uh, probably enough, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. All right. I'm looking forward to the game on Monday. Yeah. 3.30. we got to be there at 3.15. Get that $20 voucher. Uh, let's please not get vegan burgers again. <laughs> <laughs> but just I think it's going to be pro- chicken strips and fries for me, though. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, maybe a side soda. Yow. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we will go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. She lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read